Good afternoon, I'm Ron Crozier. The news making the headlines in the Philippines and across the globe on the COVID-19 pandemic. Typhoon Ambol loses strength. Philippine Weather Bureau Pagasa says Ambol, which has hit land six times since Thursday, is now a severe tropical storm after displacing tens of thousands from their homes. Last estimated in Agdangan, Quezon, it's packing winds of 110 kilometers per hour with gusts of 150 kilometers per hour and will continue to bring moderate to heavy with at times intense rains over Bico, the Bicol region, Quezon, Aurora, Marinduque, Laguna, Rizal, Metro Manila, Bulacan, Nueva Ecija, Nueva Vizcaya, and Quirino under signal number two. Meanwhile, other parts of Luzon, including northern portions of Albay, are under signal number one. No official reports of casualties yet from Tropical Storm Ambol, but the Philippines' main disaster agency, the NDRRMC, says damage has been extensive in provinces hit by the storm. Roofs were blown off houses and trees were uprooted. Our preparations for Typhoon Ambo started Monday, uh, this, earlier this week. So we have, uh, we have been informed by Pag-asa and we received description of the possible effects of this uh, storm. So this was relayed or cascaded to our local governments and we have informed them to give uh, particular attention to specific areas in their jurisdiction which are flood prone, landslide prone, as well as storm surge prone. NDR MC spokesperson Mark Dimbal says local government units were also ordered to ensure anti-COVID measures are being implemented during evacuations. Our evacuees left their houses wearing uh, their masks. Mm -hmm. Our uh, personnel in charge of the evacuation are wearing their PPEs. There's social distancing in the vehicles that were used to transport the evacuees. And the evacuation centers are also, uh, are also observing social distancing measures. Timbal also says there's a 200 million peso standby fund to assist regions battered by Ambo. The arrest of a public school teacher who offered a 50 million peso bounty to anyone who would kill President Rodrigo Duterte was deemed invalid. Mike Navalio filed this report. The warrantless arrest of a 25-year-old teacher over a Twitter post was invalid. That's according to prosecutors, but his media confession cured the defect. A copy of the inquest resolution showed. Ronel Mas was arrested on May 11 in Zambales after he offered a bounty of 50 million pesos to anyone who could kill President Rodrigo Duterte. NBA operatives who tracked him down did not have a warrant, but took him in custody and brought him to their headquarters in Manila, where he confessed and apologized for his post. In her resolution, Assistant State Prosecutor Janet Tapano said the arrest was invalid as it did not fall under any of the situations where warrantless arrest is allowed. She pointed out that the arrest was made on May 11, while the post was made on May 5, or several days before. According to her, a valid warrantless arrest may be effected if the incident or the offense had just occurred, and if the uh, arresting officers had personal knowledge 
to warrant a probable cause for the person to be arrested, probably committed a crime. In this case, she said that there was no probable cause or personal knowledge on the fact of the on the part of the arresting officers. Nevertheless, she said that the uh, arrest was valid because Mass subsequently confessed in front of the media, uh, apologizing for his tweet. The uh, prosecutors also found probable cause to charge Mass with inciting to sedition because his words clearly suggest violent means to topple the Duterte administration. Prosecutor General Benedicto Malcontento said that the charge will be filed in Zambales early next week. Criminal and administrative charges have been filed against Metro Manila's police chief, Debold Sinas, whose birthday celebration allegedly violated social distancing protocols during the COVID-19 lockdown. Interior Chief Eduardo Años said the gathering was uncalled for. Sinas has already issued an apology, but claims some of the circulating photos were edited and grabbed from old posts. Presidential spokesperson Harry Roque calls the birthday party of Sinas a test case in the Philippines' implementation of quarantine rules. We are enforcing the rules on everyone, rich or poor, and I think Sinas is the test case for this because he is a, a high-ranking um, legal enforcer and we're taking steps to, to hold him liable for non-compliance with quarantine rules. The Philippines' COVID-19 tally surpasses the 12,000 mark. The country's health department recorded Tuesday 215 new cases. Nearly 70% of those new infections are from Metro Manila. 16 more people succumbed to the respiratory illness, bringing the death toll to 806. 123 more patients have recovered from the disease, raising the total to 2,460. The Philippine government is in need of funds for its social amelioration program. Presidential spokesperson Harry Roque says President Rodrigo Duterte has ordered the budget secretary to come up with a list of budgetary items that can be realigned to augment the program. Roque says Duterte also wants Congress to find funds to complete the rollout of aid to low-income families. The government recently announced the inclusion of five million more families in the first tranche of the cash aid program. The second tranche will be limited only to areas under enhanced community quarantine. Congress gave us 205 billion and uh, since we're giving now top of um, to 23 million instead of 18 uh, million, that's already 133 billion. And that is why the original uh, decision was to limit top to um, areas still under ECQ which would amount to another $77 billion, and that would amount to $210.7 billion already. And we're still not sure when to get the, where to get the amelioration for the third branch of um, um, Ayuda for areas which remain under modified ECQ. The Philippine economy will likely contract by 2 to 3.4 percent this year, according to revised government forecasts. But Standard Chartered sees an even bigger contraction, a record low of minus 5.1 percent for the full year. Chidu Narayanan, Asia economist of Standard Chartered, says the Philippine economy will likely contract by as much, by as, much as 13 percent in the second quarter year-on-year, year, recover in the third quarter with a growth of 1 percent, then contract again by 7% in the fourth. He adds government should focus on improving consumer spending since it's the biggest driver of the Philippines' growth. 
if we do have uh, a, a second flare-up of infections or uh, if the uh, uh, the global contraction is worse than expected or if the opening up of the economy um, leads to a second round of infections as well and uh, a much more severe impact on the uh, um, the health infrastructure, then all of that could lead to much more severe contraction uh, through the rest of the year. Uh, so. At this point in time, a 5.1% contraction seems to be the base case, but uh, uh, it's, it's clearly uh, focused on uh, first uh, ensuring that uh, uh, the health of the uh, uh, public is, is uh, uh, com uh, completely uh, uh, confirmed and uh, then uh, working to get the economy back on track as soon as possible. The PSE index drops nearly 2% to end the week at 55.41. AB Capital's Lexer Azurin says the market has already priced in an economic recession this year. But anything deeper than a 3.4% contraction projected by government will depress the market further. Historically, if you look at the stock market, uh, it usually prices in whatever happens will happen in the next 6 to 12 months. And that's the same reason why we value companies, so based on forward estimates. And well, the stock market basically serves as a proxy to the uh, economy. So the market will always be ahead uh, of their recovery uh, versus the economy. Mm -hmm. And currently, there are no clear signs yet on when things will start to ease, when, when things will start to improve, uh, given that, of course, we have cases are still uh, rising. And so, and so far, the market has been reacting the same way. Remittances from overseas Filipinos grew about 5% in the first two months of 2020. That's likely the last bit of good news on remittances we can expect this year. Warren Guzman reports. Remittances from overseas Filipinos, the lifeblood of many families in the Philippines, as well as domestic demand and the overall economy, grew a healthy 5% in the first two months of 2020. The total amount of cash sent home by overseas Filipinos, either through banks or other means, hit over $2 billion in February and over $5 billion in the January to February period. The president of listed company iRemit, Harris Hasildo, says we shouldn't get too encouraged as their company has already seen marked declines in remittances in March and April. It's not only the transaction count and the total amount that went down, but it's also the average amount of remittance that's being sent that also went down. For March, we've seen a dip of 6.7% in the, sending, the average amount being sent by the Filipinos. That's in April, there is a 16.5% dip. Asildo says in 2019, the average amount sent home per transaction was $440, or about 22,300 pesos. That has dropped to $369, or 18,700 pesos, a difference of $72, or 3,600 pesos, which overseas Filipino worker families could have used for basic necessities like rice. Asildo is expecting the full-year picture to be much worse, with remittances contracting by 10% by the end of 2020. ING Bank Philippines is forecasting a contraction of 2.5% in remittances, which would contribute to a decline in demand and a contraction in economic growth.
The World Bank says remittances worldwide will contract by 20% this year, the sharpest decline in recent history due to an expected hit to wages and employment of migrant workers. The World Bank says these workers, including overseas Filipinos, tend to be more vulnerable to loss of employment. Philippine Central Bank Governor Benjamin Jokno, however, is still optimistic remittances will recover and grow by 2% year-on-year by the end of 2020. The previous forecast was for a 3% growth. Jokno says the decision to again allow the deployment of Filipinos overseas, save for health workers needed at home, should help with remittances. Hasildo also believes online remittance platforms should help boost the numbers. With this uh, uh, COVID-19, with this pandemic, global pandemic, the Filipinos have been shifted from the traditional sending of remittances to the digital way of sending remittances. Even those who were initially averse in the uh, our online remittances are now moving towards that. And in fact, right now, we're seeing in Canada alone, we're seeing a 100% increase in our online uh, remittances. Hasildo also believes online remittance platforms should help boost the numbers. Overall household consumption grew a thin two-tenths of one percent in the first quarter, despite the growth of five percent in remittances from overseas Filipinos in January and February. It's scary to think what household consumption will look like if remittances start to contract. Warren de Guzman, ABS-CBN News. An employers group believes the groundwork has not been laid for the partial resumption of work beginning May 16th when parts of the Philippines slightly ease lockdown protocols. Employers Confederation of the Philippines President Sergio Ortiz Luis Jr. says a lot of issues remain unresolved such as how companies can transport employees to their places of work without public transport. He points out 90% of the companies in a country are micro-enterprises, which can't absorb the additional costs of providing shuttle service. It's not very clear whether if you, are, if you fail to give uh, vitamins or some people get sick there or plasmas uh, or whatever is necessary, or, or testing, that is not very clear yet. And many of the companies, the small ones, cannot afford this. IATF meet, and they make decisions, and sometimes it's a trial balloon to us. Uh, we, we react to it, uh, but most of the time we don't even know what happened. Ride-hailing firm Grab Philippines is providing corporate shuttle service for employees returning to work under the modified enhanced community quarantine. Grab Philippines President Brian Koo says they are in talks with companies that are allowed to operate under slightly relaxed lockdown protocols in Metro Manila. He also vows to slash a company's commission rate from drivers from 20 to 5 percent in the first few weeks of operations. We'll be with existing Grab partners, but we would require them to get a special permit from the LTFRB. So we're targeting banks and BPOs, uh, the essential services that uh, need will come online uh, under MECQ. Mm -hmm. And depending on, uh, on their demand, um, that's the level of supply that we will find uh, to assist them in getting their workers back to work. Grab Philippines says 100% of the company's current revenue during the lockdown period comes from food delivery. But due to rising demand, Ku admits 40% of their market is still unserved. The Philippine Transportation Department meanwhile tells companies which can't provide their employees shuttle services or nearby accommodations to not resume operations yet. Meanwhile, the agency has come up with some measures to help public utility vehicle drivers who lost their source of income during the lockdown.
the Department of Transportation under the leadership of Secretary Tugade uh, submitted a proposal to uh, Congress for a stimulus package to aid these uh, transportation stakeholders, such as the drivers and operators. So included in that um, stimulus package is a proposal to provide the drivers and operators with a 30% up to 30% fuel subsidy. We, are, we also propose to Congress to uh, allow, uh, allow banks to restructure their loans and to provide a much longer grace period for uh, their existing loans so that they can pay uh, at, a, at a much later date after the uh, ECQ or GCQ. Shopping malls in Metro Manila, Laguna Province, and Cebu City can partially reopen starting tomorrow, May 16. But consumers will have to follow strict safety measures such as social distancing, wearing of face masks, and temperature checks. Retail stores such as flower shops, jewelry stores, clothing, and toy stores can open. But activities that call for public gatherings like sale events, concerts, and watching movies, not allowed. Supermarkets will also remain open. Supermarket owners advise consumers to avoid panic buying. People are already aware that they have to space themselves apart. What people have to do is, you know, just relax, buy only what they need, no? mm. don't overbuy, no? and be calm. This is going to be, you know, it's going to be over soon too, hopefully. I mean, for this is worldwide. It's not just uh, here in the Philippines, right? So, if, you know, we just have to be disciplined. Otherwise, yung mga pasaway, they're going to pass away. Laguna Province stepping up its testing capability against COVID-19. Laguna Governor Ramil Hernandez says they are set to open five laboratories for COVID-19 testing in the coming weeks. 24 hours na nga po yung construction na ginagawa natin doon po sa ating pong laboratory sa Laguna. And dapat po today tapos na nakataon lang po doon sa final inspection. Meron pa pong counting i-adjust. So uh, we will have another week para po sa adjustment and uh, final uh, testing para po sa operation. At least yung tatlo man lang dyan mag-open uh, before the end of uh, May uh, doon po sa end ng MECQ po natin. Then uh, yung pong iba ay uh, mga bandang June na po yan. The development comes as the province prepares to shift to a moderate enhanced community quarantine, a modified enhanced community quarantine beginning May 16th alongside Metro Manila and Cebu. Hernandez says he welcomes the classification which likely factored in other parameters than the number of COVID-19 cases, adding they are ready to uniformly implement government protocols. Philippine lawmaker Rufus Rodriguez seeks a recall of the approved House Bill 6732, which grants ABS-CBN a provisional franchise until October 31st. The measure was passed on second reading on the same hearing day Wednesday. But Rodriguez says the Constitution clearly states no bill passed by either Houses of Congress shall become law unless it is approved on three readings on separate days. Rodriguez had wanted to make an amendment during Wednesday's hearing, but says there wasn't enough time for him to speak. On Monday, Rodriguez will ask House leaders to reopen the period of amendments to avoid the bill from being thrown out for being unconstitutional. To me, uh, whatever is the view of others and uh, the experience, uh, it is too risky to approve it. Ito ngayon, as it is, no, na 
it was not read on separate days. So that is why uh, I believe that uh, mm. on Monday uh, we should be able to correct this. Meanwhile, the Senate Committee on Public Services will conduct a public hearing on May 19 regarding two ABS-CBN franchise bills. Senate Bill 981 renews a franchise granted to ABS-CBN for another 25 years, while Senate Bill 1521 grants a provisional franchise to the company. The hearing will be conducted via video conferencing, but senators who wish to be physically present are encouraged to attend. Senator Sherwin Gatalian, the vice chairman of the committee, will lead the hearing at 9 a.m. after committee chair Senator Grace Poe inhibited herself due to conflict of interest. Those were the latest news alerts. I'm Ron Cruz. For more updates, subscribe to the ANC YouTube channel, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter.